Thank you for checking out the Mercy Hill Church Sermon Podcast. If you would like to know more about Mercy Hill, you can visit us on the web at mercyhill.cc. This morning we have the, uh, the pleasure of having David Hamstra um, come and bring the word for us. Um, David is the pastor out at Cross Point Church in, in Crown Point. Yes, we do. There's a church out there. Um, <laughs> So it's a great privilege to have him here and, um, and just hear what the Lord is speaking through him to us today. So let's just pray that the Lord would uh, open our hearts to receive what he has for us and um, just open David up to just, just bring what the Lord has for us. So let's pray for him. Lord, we just thank you for David coming today. Lord, we thank you for the work that you are doing in his life. We thank you for the work that you are doing out at Cross Point, Lord. Lord, we just pray for David that he would speak by the Holy Spirit, your word to us this morning, Lord, and that we would have ears to hear it, Lord, and that we would apply it to our lives, Lord, and it would grow in our lives, Lord. It would, it would multiply, Lord, and that you would, we would bear fruit, Lord, um, and, and just be a part of what you're doing in your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. It is a privilege to be here with you this morning from Cross Point. Uh, Cross Point Church sends their greetings. We pray for you guys and think of you guys often. And are really excited about the March 4th uh, combined service for us to all get together. And uh, I, I want to start by just saying that I have not had the easiest start to the morning. Um, my son had some difficulty last night. I was up till 3 in the morning. And uh, I got here, and then my nephew uh, just poured water on my Bible and notes this morning uh, during worship. And, uh, and so I'm going to hope that, you know, we can still read the print and get through this together. Uh, but I am excited to be here. I just had a chance to meet Weiwei from China, and it's great to have you. And, and I was trying to explain to Weiwei just the, the heart behind our three churches about uh, how we have a uh, church in Crown Point and Lansing and here in Munster. And I'm like, what's the best way to explain it? So I'm like, you know what, it, Weiwei, it's, it's like manure. And he's like, what's manure? I'm like, well, I don't know why I'm using this to explain our churches. Um, but when you get Christians all together, they begin to stink. But when you spread them out, it really makes things grow. And so we believe that we want to spread out and we're going to see things grow. And so uh, wait, wait, I hope that translated and made sense and you're not offended. But that's, uh, <laughs> so it's good to have you with us this morning. If you're visiting, I just want to welcome you here to, to Mercy Hill. Uh, I'm excited to, to drive two minutes from my home to be here instead of 30 minutes. And so it's a real privilege just for me to be here in two minutes. And, uh, and so if you drive 30 minutes every day, you would know what I'm going through, and so you could relate. And um, I'm going to pray again because I feel really scattered, and I have some things that I really want to share from the Word, and then we're going to jump right into it. So God, we thank you that your Word accomplishes what it sets out to do. God, our confidence this morning is not in any kind of explanations of things that I could bring, but it's in the power of your Word, Lord, that your Spirit would cause uh, real fresh impartation and revelation that we would know Jesus more and be greater in vision to be a people of your kingdom. God, I just pray over every mind here today that you would do a deep work in their heart, that they would leave changed in the name of Jesus. Amen. I have the privilege this morning of, t- of speaking about the nations. And this is, is a passion of mine. My, my wife, Beth, uh, went on the mission field when she was 14 years old. She went overseas down to, I think, Panama, and then ever since then, she had gone on mission trips every summer. And I had my first experience when I was 17. I went on a missions trip and just got hooked on being able to proclaim the power of Jesus Christ to the nations and how it really does work. 
It really does bear fruit. That when you go and you, wherever culture you're in, when you talk about the power of Jesus Christ to heal the sick, to save the sinner, and to restore those who are far from him, it, it really does work. And, uh, and so it's a privilege of mine this morning to, to come to you to speak about the nations. And when we think about the nations, this is something two weeks ago that we began to look at when it comes to the kingdom of God, right? If you remember Daniel 2, we looked at uh, with Johnny bringing the word about how there is this stone that was cut out, not by human hands, that struck this statue made of gold, silver, bronze, iron, and clay. And when this small little stone stuck this statue, the statue just fell to pieces and crumbled, and this little stone became this great mountain. And this great mountain is the rule and the reign of Jesus Christ over all the earth. That God's purpose from the very beginning would be that the nations would know his glory and yield the lordship of Jesus Christ. It's amazing to think about when you look at Genesis 12, where you have the patriarchs with Abraham, right? Father Abraham had many sons, many sons had father. You guys remember that? Anyone? Yeah? Okay. Right arm, left arm. Good stuff, right? Uh, let's do that. No, just kidding. So um, Abraham, right? There's this, pro- I don't remember the whole song. I'll probably mess it up on the left foot or something. But when we look at God's promise to him about he will be blessed and through him all the nations of this earth will be blessed. This is amazing to think about hundreds and hundreds of years ago when this promise was made to Abraham that we see in Galatians 3 when Paul is talking to the church that he says, it is through faith in Christ that you now have become a seed of Abraham. That through your belief that Jesus Christ is king, you now have entered into his family line. And so all the promises that were for him are for you. And the inheritance that I have promised to Abraham, I have promised to you. So this is so cool because when we begin to proclaim Jesus Christ to this community, to the nations, when hearts turn to Jesus, we are fulfilling the very, very promises that were began with Abraham. How cool is that? That when God promised Abraham, then through you the nations will be blessed. And when we preach Jesus Christ and hearts turn to him, that through Abraham and his line of faith, the nations are blessed. And so we are living in the fulfillment of the very promises that were started with Abraham. And it went all the way through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and the nation of Israel. And time after time, God was making these promises and covenants. You know, we see in Psalms how, you know, in Psalm 24, how the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, it all belongs to him. It's all about him. Habakkuk 2.14 talks about how this very thing of God's glory, that his intention is that it would cover the earth as the waters covers the sea. That Man, it's all about him. And this morning, as I think about the reality of the rule of Christ over all the earth and how he is inviting us to participate in this mission, to see Jesus Christ lifted up everywhere we go and everywhere we set our feet. I was uh, brought to this scripture in, in Matthew 24. This is the first slide if you want to go there. Where Jesus says, very simply, in this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. What an amazing little insight here that Jesus is bringing, how the very reality of the kingdom being expressed in all the earth will have an effect on the very return of Jesus Christ. And as I was preparing and considering just what this means for us as a people, that we would participate in the very mission that God has invited us to participate in, the Lord began to speak to me. And I, I'll tell you this, I've prepared this message three different times, and I was really happy each time with the with the message I had. And each time I prepared, I really felt like this wasn't what the Lord was speaking to us. 
there was a burden that God began to put on my heart for you as a church. And as I was preparing each time and looking at the nations, God kept bringing me back to himself. And I came to a place at about three in the morning, this last morning, where I felt like I had some real clarity about the thing that God wants to communicate to you this morning. And this morning, my challenge for us is this. How can we be passionate for his kingdom if we're not passionate for the king? How can we become a people that are so driven by the nations, about the lost, about people coming and submitting their lives to Jesus Christ, if we are first not passionate about the king himself? And I was uh, brought to a quote by Andrew Murray. And he had this to say, As we seek to find out why, with such millions of Christians, the real army of God that is fighting the hosts of darkness is so small. The only answer is lack of heart. The enthusiasm of the kingdom is missing. And that is because there is little enthusiasm for the king. I believe this morning the Lord is wanting to turn our hearts before we begin to look at the nations, that first, that our hearts will be given to King Jesus. The challenge that we have so often, I know this in my own life to be true, is that we want a side dish of Jesus, where we will live our lives, do our things, make our own priorities, have our own hobbies, and where Jesus fits in, we'll fit him in. And so we'll go to church because it's the right thing to do, and the Bible talks about doing that. We'll sometimes tithe if we feel really motivated. And you know what? If we really feel like we should serve, like you know, our conscience is growing, we'll serve a little bit. The challenge that God is bringing to us this morning, that God is not the side dish. God is the main course. That he is everything. And I want to encourage us that in John 14, 6, when Jesus spoke of himself, he said that I am the way and the truth and the life. Church, in Jesus Christ, we find life. This is the surest thing that can ever be said, that there is no life outside of Christ. No matter where we look, no matter how hard we try to find it, there is no life outside of Jesus Christ. Jesus said that I am the light of the world. That we were once in darkness, and by his grace and his mercy, he came to rescue us. And he's shown the light of his love on our hearts. And today, we stand in Christ Jesus, forgiven sinners, loved by God, adopted, cleansed, forgiven, washed anew. This is our experience in Christ Jesus. And when Jesus came, he proclaimed a simple message about the kingdom. And this is in Luke 4.18, where he simply said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has set me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus' mission was for the poor, the imprisoned, the blind, and the oppressed. In church, there is no greater message that we proclaim than in Christ Jesus, he can set the captives free. 
that it is good news for the poor, that he can give sight to the blind, that he can release the oppressed. This is Jesus Christ. This is what he came. When he came on this earth, he initiated the kingdom when he was born. In his life, he exemplified it. What he did, how he healed the sick and preached good news to the poor, he exemplified the kingdom. And in his death and resurrection, Jesus once and for all established his kingdom on this earth. Man, this is, this is what it is all about. There's so many things that we can give ourselves to. So many things that can distract us when it comes down to it. It is simply about Jesus. He is king. And he wants to be Lord over everything. What I so appreciate about Jesus is that he does not force his way in. It's amazing we look at Revelation 3 when Jesus is addressing the churches. Jesus had this to say to the church. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He who hears my voice and lets me in, I will come in and have fellowship with him and he with me. Jesus, this is to the church. This isn't to the lost. Jesus is addressing the church and says to the church, Look, I am knocking. I am at your door. Those who hear my voice and let me in, I will have fellowship with him. Church, today, the Lord is at your door, and he's knocking, and he's saying this, that area of anger in your life, that area of unforgiveness in your life, let me in. Let me in. Because when you let me in, when I come in, I will take that whole area of sin, of unforgiveness, of anger, I'll take it on myself, and I will give you love. I will give you life. I will give you joy. If you're struggling with lust today, he's knocking, saying, let me in. Open up. Let me come in. When you let me in, I will break every chain. This is the, just the wonder of the gospel. That Jesus is knocking, saying, let me in. I want to change your life. I want to bring freedom to you. I want you to know the power of my resurrection. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Philippians 2.9, Paul says, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This is what we sang about this morning, that Jesus Christ is Lord. Abraham Kuyper had this to say, There is not a square inch in the whole domain of the human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, mine. Church, this morning, I want to encourage you that Christ wants to be king in your life. He wants to rule over every area of your life. And before we can become passionate for his kingdom, it starts with a passion for the king. And here's what this looks like. Because this is, uh, this is actually pretty radical. This isn't just having a nice living for Jesus day and having a smile on our faces. This is radical when Jesus is Lord of all. There's a friend of mine who just last week, God has been working on him for a few months in this area in his life. He got saved later in life and he lived a life of rampant sin. He struggles with anger, with rage. And 28 years ago, 
he actually helped a friend steal a motorcycle from someone. He knew the guy. It was a Harley Davidson, nice motorcycle, and they stole the motorcycle, made some money, and he never owned up to it. Well, 28 years later, 20 years later, Brian, my friend, he always said, man, God's deal on this. When it means Jesus is king, there's this, just this one area that's holding me back. That this, it, isn't, it isn't all his. It hasn't been submitted to him. And so my friend called this guy and said, hey, I need to talk to you. We haven't talked in 20 years. There's something I want to talk to you about. Sat down with this guy, and basically before this meeting, he told me, look, whatever comes from this, I don't care. If the guy makes me buy him a new motorcycle, so be it. I want Jesus Christ to be king over everything. So he sat down with this guy and said, look, man, there was a time in my life where I was in darkness, that I was far from God, I was doing my own thing, and God in his kindness, he rescued me from my sin, he changed my life, he has freed me from the things that used to hold me down. In this area of, of my life where I have not owned up to it, I need to. And so I repent. I ask your forgiveness for stealing that motorcycle from you. That, that is powerful. That is, you are throwing yourself out there to say, look, I'm older in life. I don't have $20,000, but if that's what it takes to make this right, I want Jesus Christ to be Lord over everything. This last week in my own life, it's funny because I'm a big fan of proclaiming the power of Jesus Christ. I love the, the fact that Jesus said that all authority had been given to him and he's given it to us. And that authority includes praying for the sick and healing the blind and setting the captives free. The very thing that Jesus did, he gave us to do. And I love looking at the power of the gospel to change lives. And so as I just have been considering this and what this means for my own life, this week had a crazy day one day where we had Tons of meetings. They had a late meeting at my house. Had to go out for dinner. Came back, put the kids to bed, and it was like 8, 8.30, and this, there's this knock on the door. Had no idea who it was. I looked through people. I couldn't see the person. She's pretty short. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, who's there? I open the door, and this girl just jumps right into our house, walks in the door, doesn't say anything, says, hi, you weren't, surpre- you weren't expecting me? I'm like, I sure wasn't. She went in the living room, sat down. Beth is nursing our baby. It's like this like, super awkward, like, what's going on? sat down and just starts just sharing her heart with Beth. And um, this was a girl just who has had a lot of difficulties, has been very lonely in life, hasn't had any friends, and we just, we have, we've been ministering to her for a number of years. And I was so offended because this was my first moment to sit down when the kids are down to spend time with my wife, to connect. And here this person just barges in our house, doesn't even ask to come in and sits down and starts talking to my wife. And so I actually, I stomp upstairs like a, you know, a, a big adult, you know, and yeah, I'm a pastor too, which is scary. I go upstairs and I get on my phone and I start playing a stupid little game on my phone. And I'm like, I'm not going down until she leaves. This is so ridiculous. She's ruining my night. This is my first moment to be with my wife. And here we are playing a stupid game, waiting for her to leave my house. It wasn't any of you, by the way. So... <laughs> Was it Courtney? No, I was kidding. So, I'm just kidding. And as I was up there doing that, the Lord began to speak to my heart. And the very things that I was so excited about, God's kingdom, his rule and his reign over our our lives, I began to see my heart for what it really was. And I myself was placing limitations on what Jesus can do in my life and what Say he has over my affairs. I was basically saying, Lord, this is my time. This is my family time. This is my home. 
and I need this time with my wife. And God says, no, I want it all. My kingdom to come, I want to be Lord over everything. And so I'm upstairs, put my, my game down. I'm not that addicted. I put it down. Words with friends, you know, I just got to put it away. And I began to see this girl in a way I never saw her before. And here's what struck me, is that here's a girl who has no friends, no family that loves her, no one that has shown her the kindness of God. She's been fired from job after job after job. She has no self-worth. And she was probably driving around one night. Where can I go? Where can I go? She thought of our house as a place that she knows that she has been loved there. She knows that there's a peace in that place. And she was drawn to our house. When we ask for his kingdom to come, we're asking that our lives would be filled with such a life and joy that people would be drawn to us. That they would say, what is it that you have? Why are you the way that you are? And church, this morning doesn't begin until we actually say, Lord, you are king. God, it is you and you alone. I felt like such a hypocrite that night where here I am proclaiming the nations and Christ's kingdom, ruling this earth and his love and his mercy, overcoming sin and death and darkness. And here in my own home, I wasn't allowing his kingdom to have its way. I believe for you as a church, Mercy Hill, that God is bringing you into a season where you deepen your understanding of what it means to be passionate for the king. As you are passionate about King Jesus, he will give you the nations. He will give you the harvest. It must start with a passion for King Jesus. I'm reminded of 1 Corinthians 4.20 where Paul is dealing with an issue in his church where people were arguing, saying that he was kind of a weaker guy when he was in person and they, they had a different way of doing things. And Paul basically says, look, I'm coming. And I, I, don't, wanna, I don't care about what they're talking about because what I want to come, I want to see power. And he goes into verse 20, he says, look, the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. You know what? I think we do a lot of talking. We talk a lot about God. We talk a lot about Jesus. And it's time that we become a church that do not just talk about God, but we see the power of God demonstrated in our lives. That we can look at our marriages and see where they were once broken, how God has restored, and say this is the power of the kingdom of God to do the impossible. We see our children who are far from God, and as we pray and pray over their salvation and believe that God can break in, and he will. We see our neighbor, and we see our coworker touched with the power of God. Man, this is what it's about. I don't want to be a, a Christian who just talks a lot about God and platitudes. God is great. God is awesome. God is this. God is that. I want to be a Christian who demonstrates and lives in the power of God. This is our inheritance. That the authority that Christ had to walk in this earth to set the captives free is the same authority he has given to his church. This is our mission. To see the nations reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I, I just want to Share a couple things and be done this morning. But just to go along with that, I, I have seen firsthand how real this, this really is in the nations. We, this last spring, went to Brazil. 
Had an awesome time, Rashini, Courtney, anybody else here that was with us? Awesome trip. Good to see you guys. We, we just saw the power of God move in that nation. And one case in particular, there's this guy who is called Doido. It's Portuguese. I don't speak Portuguese. Uh, Doidino. Doidino. This guy was a guy who wore tons and tons of clothes, had a cr- huge crazy beard and this huge mane of hair, had a big grocery cart with everything piled in it, and he walked around the city block all day long. It's like 110 degrees. The guy's just sweating his face off. And if you would ever try to talk to him or just say, hey, are you okay? He would chase after you and say, this is my block. I own this. And he was just crazy out of his mind. And so Doidino means crazy man. That's what they called him. And everyone knew about him. Everyone knew what he was about. He was just this crazy, crazy lunatic of a man. And so the church that we were working with in the city of Cambrieu, this was the block he ran around. So the church constantly reached out to him. Man, come in. Can, can we pray for you? Can we help you? Get you a shower? Get you new clothes? And he'd always chase after him and try to hit him. Guy was crazy. And so one day, finally, they said, man, just come in. We want to we feed you. And so the guy came in and we said, look, there's this Christian drug rehab that we are great friends with just 10 minutes down the street. Like, can we just take you there? The guy said, okay, I'll go. And so took him there, and our team came two months later after he was in this drug rehab. And we went to visit, and this was the first time that church leaders actually were able to see this guy. His name is Jose, um, since dropping him off. And so we go there, and guess what? Jose is the one who is leading the meeting, sharing with people about the power of Jesus Christ to set people free. Jose is the one who, when we first arrived, was reading the scriptures and sharing it with someone else. I'm like, this is crazy that this man, this is like out of the Bible times. Beard, crazy hair, lots of clothes, you know, the, the garden of the Gadarenes, right? This, this dude was just the tombs there going crazy. This is that guy. He spent two months there ministering the love of Jesus to this man, and the kingdom of God took root in his life. And so he was there two months later to testify to the power of God to give him a right mind. That is the kingdom of God. I have a good friend who I met while I was studying in, in Great Britain for a while. His name is Fari Bushari. Coolest name in the world, right? His, I, Fari Bushari was an Iranian, crazy guy, loved Jesus. And here's his story. He basically was a devout Muslim, came from Iran, moved to the UK, moved to the country of Wales where I was living, and had a nice Welsh lady who was an Anglican church member. And he said, uh, you know, he loved her. They had a relationship, got married. He said, oh, by the way, now you're a Muslim. You're no longer an Anglican. You're no longer following Christ. You're following Islam. And so she converted eventually after just him working it through with her. She became a Muslim, good Muslim family, raised some kids. Well, Fari Bashari had a friend who was a Christian who loved him and really believed that Jesus Christ can save even Muslims. And so he shared the gospel with him and said, man, Fari, let me tell you, Jesus Christ has the power to save us, to give us salvation, that we don't have to fear death, we don't have to fear going before God because Christ can prepare the way for us. And he was like, that's crazy. No, I'm a good, I'm a good Muslim. I don't believe in that. That's not for me. Well, I think it was either like a year or two years later after this friend just kept sharing the love of Jesus with him. Fari Bashari one night was laying on his bed before his alarm went off, went to get up for work. He couldn't get out of bed. All of a sudden, the presence of Jesus Christ came on him so thick and so hard that he was in his bed and couldn't move. And he said, God began to reveal to him Jesus Christ sitting on the throne next to the Father. And he saw Jesus Christ as his Savior right there in his bed. And so he said it was like 12 hours later, he couldn't move. He finally like rolls out of bed and is crawling on the ground. He says, I'm a Christian now. 
I believe in Jesus. Like God just did something miraculous. And so here's the crazy part. He's a Christian. His wife's, his wife's a Muslim. And so he goes to his wife and says, wife, uh, yeah, Jesus, he's my savior. She's like, you're crazy. You're a Muslim. We don't do that. We're Muslims. And so he had to reconvert his wife back to Jesus Christ because she was a Muslim. And so finally she's like, okay, I get it. Yeah, I see in your life that there is life there. Man, God is taking this world by force. His kingdom is advancing. And it advances first and foremost when we ourselves are passionate about King Jesus. Like Paul, that we would say to live is Christ, to die is gain. It's all about Jesus. It's all about his purposes in our life. There's nothing greater that we could give ourselves to than seeing Christ load over us and over every area of our life that we're involved with. This is the kingdom. Amen? You guys with me? At three in the morning, it's just funny how things can come together. I have no idea if, you, if this is, makes any sense. It does to me, but I, I'm going off three hours of sleep. So I want to just say a couple things and close here. Paul says this in Colossians 1 6 All over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit and growing, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace in all its truth. This gospel, that Jesus is king, is bearing fruit all over the world. This is the power of God at work. I recognize that there is a day coming for us, just like we saw at the first scripture in Matthew 24, that this gospel of kingdom will be proclaimed all over the world as a testimony to the nations and the end will come. There is a day coming, people, where Christ will return victorious. That he will come and take his bride, his church, and consummate what was started at the cross and had this amazing marriage supper that we would celebrate the rule and lordship of Christ for all eternity. There's a day coming. That's, that is coming. It is going to happen. Whether it's in our lifetime or a kid's lifetime, it is coming. And so we live in a unique time right now where we have the privilege to testify to other people about King Jesus. When he comes, we will lose that privilege because in heaven there's going to be only Christians. And we will lose that privilege to be able to share the good news of Jesus Christ with other people. And so we have this window, this small, small window where we can live for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. In an instant, it's going to be gone. Just about a month ago, a good friend of mine that I knew growing up from childhood I just read in the papers that he passed away. He's my age, 33 years old, went to the same high school as me. Went to his funeral, and I was so struck by the fact that never again will I be able to have the opportunity to share with him the love of Jesus. It's done. It's gone. He is, he is there. I believe that he's in heaven. I, he, he, at a young age, professed belief in Christ, and there is good fruit in his life. But that, that is gone. And so we don't know how much time we have. We don't know what that looks like. This isn't a scare tactic. But the reality is, is that we have this window of time to demonstrate the rule and reign of Jesus Christ in our lives, in our marriages, in our families, that when he comes, we will forever lose that window. And so I want to encourage you, Mercy Hill, be passionate about King Jesus. There's no greater person to be passionate about. He is our Lord and Savior. He overcame the grave. He rose to the Father. There's no greater passion than a passion for Jesus Christ. We're going to take communion in a second. 
I don't know what you guys do to close. I would love to have, I like to worship at the end just because I think it's good to respond. And so I don't know if this is against the rules, but uh, can, can we have the worship team come up? That'd be great. I'm sorry if I'm breaking any rules right now. And we're going to take communion in a second. And the, the beauty thing about communion is, is Jesus basically commissioned his disciples to do this until he comes again over all the earth. That this, is, this actually is a, a sign that he is coming again. When we, when we celebrate the blood of Christ and his body that was broken, we are saying, Lord, you are coming again. One day we will no longer have to celebrate here on earth this sign that Christ is king. And so communion is a way for us to celebrate the reality that Christ took our sin on the cross. His body was broken. His blood was shed for us. And so I would love, I don't, I don't know, um, Pound the Name of Jesus is a great one. I love that one. We'll take requests. Great, thank you. So, Brian, if you want to just finish off and get the communion going, I don't know how you guys do that. Man, I'm praying for you guys. I, I just, man, God has me on a journey that I, I don't know where it's going to lead, but man, there's something that God is doing in my own life where, man, I thought I had it figured out, but even this week, I feel like God is doing something deep where I'm really beginning to f- really understand and see what it's all about, King Jesus in our lives. And so I want that for you guys. I want to just be praying for you that you would experience the kingship of Christ over every area of your life. Amen? Be blessed.